from the Schmoes No Network Studios in Los Angeles, California, it's time for Meet the Movie Press. And now, here's your host, the editor-in-chief of SchmoesNo.com, Mark Riley, and from the rap, Jeff Snyder. There's that music again. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Jeff. And hello, Schmoville. This is uh, another fantastic episode of Meet the Movie Press. I am Mark Riley, editor-in-chief of Schmoes No. And Jeff? I'm Jeff Snyder, film reporter for TheRap.com. That you are, my friend. And this is a great, 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 great show. I, I can't wait. We have... We're peaking early here. I know we are. And you know what, Shmovo? Thank you so much for subscribing and rating this on iTunes. We have hit number five. I mean, at, at the, we're hitting number five. We're one of the top downloads... And we were number one yesterday on the Schmozno Network. I've got to put all this in my Tinder profile. <laughs> Help me get girls. There you go. Yeah. yeah they, nobody will swipe left on you if you <laughs> just say number one on Schmozno sure, Network. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's no, how it works. I'm, I'm very excited. You know, I thought that this show was going to have to show, you know, some consistency before we got a guy like Devin Faraci yeah. in the studio. But yeah. he is here this morning. That's and right. we're going to be... Uh, you know, to- tossing the ball back and forth. Yeah, the, movie, the movie news ball. I can't wait for that because Devin Faraci and BadassDigest.com that he uh, he runs is one of my favorite sites. Uh, I source it all the time when I'm covering stories. Um, I like Devin and his scoops. We're going to get into that. But uh, but before we do that, we Jeff, we have to talk about one thing that has just overtaken the news all week, and that's the the loss of Robin Williams. Um, it sucks. It it. You know, I get alerts on my phone. Uh, a lot of you don't, if, if you don't know what we do and, and some of the things that I do when I run schmozno.com, I get alerts uh, on Twitter and emails that come in and uh, I get a little beep and I was with my mom and I'll, I'll never forget this and I just saw breaking Robin Williams found dead and it just punched me in the gut. Yeah, this one definitely hit me hard, Yeah, uh, having grown up with his movies. And oddly enough, I had uh, stormed home from work uh, on yeah. Monday because I had lost a big story that I was uh, upset about. So it was my dad who broke the news to me, and he is in studio with my mom. They are visiting from Boston. I know. Yeah, yeah. They're looking at us right now. How are you doing, folks? It's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, dad Dad called, and uh, he said, your brother just called me. He said, Robin Williams is dead. And I was like, wait, what? I wasn't looking at my email. And then I, just, you know, I had to call the office and be like, what do you need? Yeah, you don't even have time to kind of take a second and, and grieve and breathe or, or just think about it. I just have you have to ramp up, and, and all of a sudden you're in it. Yeah, and so did you actually just sit right down at the computer and start writing? Well, yeah. What they wanted from me was, um, you know, what did Robin Williams leave behind? What movies are still coming out? What's in development? Yeah, um, and, I read and, that, and the story. Yeah, it it did well. Yeah, well, that it, it it was the same with me. I was actually in the car. And so I, I uh, immediately, well, one of my writers texted me immediately and said, do, do I write something up? I said, absolutely, you know, do whatever you want. And, uh, you know, it was just a shockwave through the industry. And I even felt it affected the movie press. Uh, oh, absolutely. We, we didn't, I didn't really work the phones this week. I mean, nobody wanted to break news. It, nobody wanted their news out there this week. And that's, and that's what I wanted to comment on because since this is, a, you know, meet the movie press and what we do is report all the time and there's scoops and there's, there's stories and there's this and there's that. Everything for me, it seemed to come to a halt and everybody was talking about Robin Williams and talking about his movies and talking about everything that he's done, how beloved he is and, and was. And my God, I, I, I literally cried. I did. I, you know, I looked at my mom. You know, one of my greatest memories is her taking me to you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. And we just sat there talking about Robin Williams for like 20 minutes just in shock. Well, I definitely want to talk about Robin Williams when Devin comes on in just yeah. a second. But uh, real quickly, like I 
Um, I was upset at home Monday. I'd lost the Mike Epps as Richard Pryor scoop that I had held all weekend. Wow. Um, and how'd you lose that? I, not to deviate, but it's just interesting well, to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to rehash the details, <laughs> okay. but you know, I, I, what happens normally, uh, I, I got scooped by deadline. Uh, nah. at, le- at least what happens normally, you know, when the Weinstein company is involved. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Asterisk. Yeah. But, um, but, but what was, what was crazy about, you know, when, when I got the Robin Williams news, it was like, okay, forget all that petty stuff like you know scoops that doesn't really matter yeah it, it, it kind of brought me back down to earth and, and recentered my priorities yeah um, so yeah it just you know. kind of it, it just there was just a kind of a, a a pause in the in in the news because there was i mean of course we've been getting a lot of pieces like you know this is top films and this and what the legacy was left behind i mean everybody's been right, you have to look at through look at him through the prism of his work but yeah. it was also a real dose of reality where it's like the people who make you laugh and smile there's also you know dark sad stuff that they're dealing with they're, they're people too absolutely and so. That, that was and so it was really sad and it just made me think about all the the stories and and stuff that we've covered in the past with robin williams but that was our tribute as short and sweet as as possible uh but, but we'll talk about him a little bit more let's, uh, let's yeah let's, but, bring, but let's in, bring Devin on we have a lot to cover and so without further ado we have a great guy, a great journalist and reporter. We have Devin Faraci of Badass Digest. Come on in, Devin. How you doing, man? That's right. See, we got a sound effect. You're not even... Keep that rolling, JT. I, I want Devin to know that people are clapping for him. <laughs> I can't hear anything. The, the applause in my headphones is deafening. Yeah, you got it. But it's deserved. Hi, hi. Hi everybody. Hey, how you doing, Devin? I'm all right. How you doing? It's it's good to finally sit here and talk to you. And uh, one of my favorite memories actually is just when I kind of made eye contact with you at the Paramount screening of uh, Transformers Four. You just kind of walked out and just kind of had a look like you just got you know thrown off a bridge. <laughs> we all had that look. Yeah, <laughs> you just kind of it was. I was hanging out with Christian Harloff and he, he kind of gave you a look and you. Just, <laughs> and just, it's it's like a knowing like the film critic blogger thing where you're just like. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, happened. And, and that just happened. I think that's something for Schmoville that you know you guys don't know, but we we see we work with all these people, we see them at these press screenings, and you just know when there's like no conversation, just a look, then you know the movie's bad. I just wanted to get in the car and go home. Oh my I god! I just I had been there long enough. I had experienced enough. I just wanted to go home. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. You, you had experienced enough at two hours and forty minutes. I had, Are you sure? I had my full. I had my full. It was. It was. It was. I was done. Yeah. I was, I was, it was an assault on the eyeballs, the eardrums, and the, the soul. Yeah. <laughs> and the butthole. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's just get Devin. You've been doing. How long have you been doing Badass Digest? Badass Digest is four years old this year. Wow. I um, started writing uh, on the internet uh, about movie stuff in. 2001, okay. 2000, so I've been doing this uh, for probably the lifespan of some of your uh, listeners out there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, which means I'm an old bastard. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started doing this at a website called chud.com way back in the day. I oh, love yes. chud. Yeah. Is chud still around? Technically. Technically. I mean, yes. Yeah. It's it's a shadow of its former self, uh, okay. I would have to say, so, with Devin gone and, and several other writers who are very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to follow it a lot. So, Devin, did you then start Badass yourself or was were you hired for, for Badass? So I was working at Chud.com for a bunch of years. And, and in that time, I had uh, gone to a festival called Fantastic Fest, which oh, happens yeah. at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas. And I had become friends with Tim League, who owns the Alamo Draft House, yep. who runs Fantastic Fest. and. 
Tim and I had become friends. We had a very similar sensibility. Uh, we both like to do stupid things, um, and we both like the same kind of movies. And one day I got a phone call from Tim out of the blue, and it was, you know, we're going to begin aggressively expanding the draft house across the country. Okay. And we want to put forward a website that, that sort of puts forward our cinematic values and yeah. to sort of grow fans places where there aren't draft houses right now. Mm-hmm. Would you want to come and start that site? And I was like, yes, immediately. Yeah. And um, that's where it started. So I've been uh, working, uh, you know, the site is owned uh, by Tim League. We're, uh, we're sort of not fully connected to the draft house, uh, we, uh, which is interesting. Being a film critic who uh, gets his paychecks from a company that shows movies, every now and again, some of the franchise partners are not always so happy when I give a bad review to a movie, they're like, we're trying to sell tickets to this one. I'm right. like, sorry, man. Like, I have to call him like I see him. And that way, when I give the good review, mm-hmm. people really know it, that it, really it means, means something. something. Yeah. That, and that's what I've always respected about you, actually, because I follow you on Twitter. I see what you are saying out there, and I'm going to your website. And I didn't know that. I, that's really interesting that you're, you're kind of affiliated with the Draft House. And I hear there is one coming to L.A. Is there right? is one coming to L.A. Uh, next year at some point. Uh, downtown L.A., really wonderful space. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I work from home right now. Mm-hmm. So to have like a little bit of a space where I can actually talk to people uh, yeah. and have a reason to put on pants every now and again. <laughs> are you, are you going really to get in free there? Yes, yeah. it's just wow. Yeah. You've got like a movie I'm an theater employee. to yourself. Yeah, I have now. my own wow. movie theater. Yeah, that that's the dream. <laughs> Not only am I going to get it for free, but I'm going to have Jeff Snyder banned. Oh. So it's <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's well th- that happens a lot, right, Jeff? No, no? Yeah. I've been banned from a couple of places. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So I didn't even know that, and that's that's really great. So, uh, so you left Chud. Mm-hmm. You're at, you're at Badass mm-hmm. now for four years. Um, you know, what's t- I want to know what's a kind of a typical day for you because you've recently been kind of dropping some major bombs here, like uh, especially Star Wars, which we're going to get into. I I mean, of course, we're going to get into Star Wars. I mean. Jeez, Star Wars. Yep. So, but for Devin, what you know? Tell me, what's a what's a usual day for you? Because uh, uh, I feel like badass and schmoesno dot com are kind of of the same ilk, whereas the rap is a, a you know kind of a little bit different. Sure, what, what D- I different, say? different audience. Yeah, different audience. You know, and uh, so for Devin, what what about you? What's well, your day you know, like? There's no normal day, but I, the closest I get is I get up in the morning around eight o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. I drink too much coffee. I don't put on any pants. Good, uh, good. I sit at my computer all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write. I mean, most of what I do every day is writing. Uh, it's putting content on the site. That's the key. I mean, like, yeah. I, uh, and it's it's tough. Uh, there's so many opportunities to do things that don't lead to content, but that lead to better relationships. And it's mm-hmm. about figuring out what's the balance between those two things. Yeah. Um, so my day is largely spent writing. Um, I really like interacting on Twitter. Uh, and I find I'm, you know, a little incendiary there. I get, <laughs> I get, I get, I get some attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I've uh, noticed. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, so that's, that's, that's my, and then there'll be screenings or whatever, but my sure. average day honestly is writing. Like that's what I do. Uh, in addition to running the website, I also run a monthly magazine that the Alamo draft house gives out for free in every theater. Oh, that's really um, cool. So I have a, se- a second full time job. Yeah. So I also do that as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So are, are you writing and, and assigning, uh, articles as well to other writers? For the site or for the magazine? For the site. The site, we're pretty flexible. We have we use uh, an app called Slack, um, okay. which is a, like a team communication tool, and we just all bullshit on Slack all day. Can I say bullshit? Is that around? Yeah, sure. Okay. You just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all just bullshit on Slack all day, and I'll throw in stories if something pops up that's interesting. Um, if I know there's a certain writer who who writes for us, uh, I only have uh, one other full time writer. 
uh, okay. who was my managing editor. So she does a lot of work. Meredith Borders right, yeah. does a lot of work actually getting articles up on the site from our freelancers. Okay. Um, so I'll throw them my like, you know, hey, this is interesting. Hey, Evan Sadoff, I know this is really up your alley. This will be funny coming from you. Right. So I throw that in there. Uh, but it's really flexible. And my philosophy on it is that there's a lot of places to get news. And if you just wanted to get just all of the news, it'd be very easy to go subscribe to the RSS or Twitter of any number of trades or other sites. Yeah. Our perspective is to come at it a little bit differently, have some context and personality. And so for me, it's like less important to hit every single story and to make sure the stories are being covered in the right way, either with proper context that hopefully informs the audience of what this means mm-hmm. or with enough humor and attitude that it's fun to read. And Badass Digest is definitely one of the sites that I check out as soon as the news breaks to see what it means to you guys. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree. Uh, I love especially the site, the, the mechanics of the site, when you hover over a story and says, would you like to know more? Yeah, it's a little Starship, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, I was yeah. going to say. That's, that's a great kind of interactive thing as a fan. I mean, because I'm a movie fan and a movie geek, and I'm kind of doing the same thing with Schmoesno.com. Right. Um, and I do like to see when you like drop a story, Jeff, I then go around as well. Of course, we cover it. But there's a lot of times that I'm covering your stuff now. And so which kind of brings me to the point I want to get into, which is scoop, scoop culture and how you kind of like broke the Internet the other day by dropping this big, huge Star Wars scoop. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a scoop that kind of revealed the opening, possibly, of the of the next Star Wars movie. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, it's like the stuff that I shared is probably like the first 15 minutes of the movie. It's, it sounds it's it. It's pretty low-key stuff. People still freaked out that it was a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> well, course. this is literally the opening 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Like, And even within that – even within what I shared, I took out a lot of details. So yeah. I really made a lot of leaps within it. So it okay. isn't like – I didn't give a beat by beat. It's like – it's like if I told you the opening of the original Star Wars and I said, there's some spaceships and the bad guys are shooting the good guys. And then some of the good guys come to a planet and then on the planet they meet an old man. Yeah. Like It's like I told you the first bits of Star Wars, but I right. left an awful lot out because I'm not trying to spoil or ruin anybody's enjoyment of, of, of this stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And well, it, it brings up a good question. You know, we go out there on Twitter, uh, hashtag meet the movie press. You can always... You know, tweet me at Riley around or tweet Jeff at the in Snyder and a hashtag meet the movie press and ask us questions. And, and a very good question that kind of talks about this is uh, from Trevor, uh, Trevisaurus at Trevisaurus. OK, I think I got that right. And it's how do you handle some of the most anticipated movie news like episode seven and being spoiled when you report on these uh, news and rumors? Are you worried about being spoiled yourself? I know you just kind of mentioned spoiling the I, audience. Uh, I have had access to the script of Avengers Age of Ultron, so I know everything that happens in that movie, and that's my wow. most anticipated movie of 2015. Still. So I'm not worried about okay. being spoiled. Spoil- here's the thing about spoilers, and here's the thing about storytelling, is that a story, if, knowing the ending of a story doesn't ruin it if the story's well told. There's right. a reason why people yes. keep retelling Greek myths. They're good stories, yeah. even though you know what happens in these stories. And so the the beauty is a story well told will always trump a surprise. A surprise is the cheapest way of uh, 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 consuming a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And that's actually a, a problem with a lot of modern storytelling in movies is they go for surprise because the audience goes, oh, I saw that coming from the beginning. Yeah. And like, well, you should have. That's good storytelling. They've established what's going to be happening later. It should not always be a head spinner. There's right. oh, there's room for head spinners. 
Sure. But a good story should be establishing itself from the beginning so that when it comes to the ending, it feels inevitable and it, like it grew out of what came before. For me, spoilers are not that big a deal. Obviously, there's every now and again. The one place I draw a line on spoilers is it's about time. So like I'm we're a year out from Avengers 2, so right. I've seen the script. I know uh, stuff about it. Fine. If I didn't know about it and I was going this afternoon to go see the movie and mm-hmm. some guy was like, did you know at the end this happened? Like, oh, come right. on. I'm like, I'm like, I'm an hour and a half out. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this far in advance. I also think that knowing this stuff is valuable for me and what I do in that it can t- helps me contextualize for the audience when yeah. they hire a dude. Uh, the, look, a lot of scoops end up being like, you know, they hired so-and-so and it's like, well, as who? Yeah, what is he doing? Because just the name of an actor attached to a movie is meaningless to me. Because yeah. there's so many roles in a movie, and you know the Star Wars stuff is a perfect example. Star Wars has a long history of hiring great actors to play really meaningless roles. So <laughs> yeah. whenever they hire an actor, and they're like, well, they hired so-and-so, and you're like, yeah, but what does that mean? Is it like Terrence Stamp in the prequels, where all he does is sit in a chair for 15 minutes, and that's <laughs> his whole role? Or is this a major part? Yeah. So having the information helps me contextualize these scoops for my readers in a big way, so they understand... Well, this is a big deal. This is not a big deal. Uh, you know, get excited about this. This don't worry about so much. Yeah. And, and you know, the trades kind of skew that sometimes. You know, yeah. if somebody has a big part, maybe we're asked to hold back on it. Or someone has a small part and we're asked to make a big deal out of right. it. Mm-hmm. So That's really interesting. So, okay, so you, you know all of, uh, of Avengers Age of Ultron. And I was actually working on something for Schmoes No, uh, a scoop for Marvel. And, you know, to vet this guy, he gave me the entire Captain America Winter Soldier movie mm-hmm. um, beat by beat like everything and so I read it and I went you yeah, know let's see if this is and then I went and I'm like oh my god <laughs> he was right he was right and so the, the the movie was spoiled for me but it goes to what you're saying and I did not enjoy that movie any less right I it's loved a, it it's just a well made movie it's, it's a well made movie and I you know and it's there was a part of me that I kind of disappeared during the movie right and got into the story and the effects and the action and the characters and everything where I was just like yeah I know it's coming it's, it's like this voice in my it's coming to touch. shut up yeah you I was one of people who freak out about spoilers do you only watch a movie once <laughs> like have you, you you technically spoiled the movie for yourself <laughs> right. once you watched it right. so then you're like well I'm done with this I've seen Captain America one time I'm never gonna watch this again I know how it ends <laughs> no you like okay I'll, it's good I'm gonna watch it again I, I really enjoy this yeah and this scoop culture that I would say is out there with like you're breaking the Star Wars scoop uh, El Miambe at Latino Review mm-hmm. I mean I think he sets his watch by these scoops he literally does he says scoop dropping in 10 minutes sure on Twitter and there's that there's that line that a lot of you know Schmoville asks you know are you worried about being spoiled do you worry about your audience and it's it, I think you put it pretty beautifully there Devin like you want to contextualize it so that you know and you can make that decision for your audience because you know your audience better than I know your audience well I also know the other thing is that I we've had a weird point in because the scoop stuff that I do is more about plot and character. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff will cover stuff that's about the behind-the-scenes industry stuff, who gets hired, yep. uh, who's who's working with who, what the deal is. For me, that stuff is less interesting than, like, what's happening? Why is this character in it? Like, yeah. what's going to happen here? Um, putting that stuff out there I know is very dangerous because it's my audience, but we live in the social media age. So sometimes yeah. things get put out there and they're put behind 10,000 spoiler warnings but it doesn't make a difference because some jackass just puts it on Twitter right and uh, you know for me that's that's a problem so there's information that I've sat on that I think is good information I think it's interesting information I think my audience would enjoy but I think that people might put out there in a way that would ruin the enjoyment for others so I try to be very careful about that yeah I I, I get that because I you know I get stuff 
all the time. Speaking of Star Wars, I've had somebody that's been writing me claiming to be from the makeup department uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or a sister or somebody. I, I don't know. And I I keep deleting it because, one, it's it's just a, it's like Twitter. It's like, oh, I know about this. And it's like, and what if it is right? right. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't want to know. It's tough vetting anonymous sources. I've gone with things. I'll be honest. My, that Peyton Reed directing Ant-Man story is an anonymous source. I cannot tell really? you the human being that gave it to me yeah it's just someone who i've come to trust mm-hmm. and, and that's sometimes you make an error in judgment you know yeah. uh joseph gordon levitt's playing alberto falcone in dark knight rises i mean yeah. that was an error in judgment and i trusted someone i shouldn't have and the other got thing tricked. Right. that i think is fascinating about scoop stuff and i think jeff can speak to this is um that what's true today is not true tomorrow yeah and that the nature of this beast especially when you're reporting early and unconfirmed or, or things before deals are done is that yeah this person definitely is taking the job today and then tonight it all fell apart and somebody else is taking the job tomorrow so being being right today does not mean that you will yeah. not be wrong tomorrow sure absolutely. It's, it's a fluid thing i think a lot of people at home don't get that that yeah. it's right. a fluid thing that especially when the stuff that i do with um trying to do like plot or character stuff mm-hmm. um, not only is it fluid in the script stage but more and more of these days it's fluid on set and fluid in post right. there are things that are in the script for Avengers Age of Ultron that I've seen that probably won't be in the final movie exactly. and there, I'm trying my best to sort of figure out what is definitely going to be in there but there are things that are interesting in it that probably won't make it or that will get changed other cool things will show up uh, you know uh, as they move forward in post and that's just the nature of the beast so yeah. the idea of having a, a, a scoop record that means anything is weird because just it was right nine times out of ten when you got it and it just stopped being right later and it's weird and then mm-hmm. there's of course one out of times out of ten and I've, I've also fallen prey to this where you get information that seems like it's good yeah. and then you run and you go oh this was this was just bullshit yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and that happens too but most of the time my experience you were right when you ran it and you're just not right later well, on. Well, there are disinformation campaigns too right. that, that some that, Absolutely. You know, a few people in, in town run you yeah, know, whether it's JJ in the mystery box or Nolan or you yeah, know, they 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 know how hard we are all working right. to break their stuff, and they try to make it twice as difficult. Well, that was why the Star Wars stuff that I ran, I got from three different sources, mm-hmm. and I would not have run it unless I had because with that well, it's the thing that Joss Whedon used to do in the Buffy days. He used to call them foilers, and they would uh. release fake spoilers onto the message boards to <laughs> yeah. c- c- to confuse the kids. Yeah, and. With the Abrams world, it feels like it's sort of a similar thing. So I only ran what I got, especially because parts of it seemed so outlandish, when I had it from three different people who didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And so okay. when but, I hit that point, it felt like, well, all right, this this could still be wrong. It could still change. But three different human beings who are not connected have told me the sa- same or similar information. I, f- I feel pretty good going with it. Now, would you trust if, if only, you know, on the next story, if you could only get one of those people to tell you something, would you go with a well, single source? Well, it depends on who it them? is because one of the sources on my Star Wars stuff is a great source who has given me a ton of really good stuff and who has really good access. And in a, in a multitude of places, who's, who's really well positioned to get a lot of stuff. Uh, so if that person came to me with something, I would trust them in that I know they're not specifically fucking with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference. Is that there are people you get information from and you're like, is this guy just trying to humiliate me? I mean, Nikki Fink's first scoop at her new uh, the site. Oh, the Max Landis thing? Or no, the, um, the, oh, the DC. The DC yeah, thing. DC. Like, maybe it's real. Maybe she just got... I had a guy on my site who was claiming, I sent her that. I can't believe that, that you're running this because right. I sent it to her. And... When you look at that scoop, the DC list, it's almost semi-common sense. 
Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. and you could have you could have probably guessed those, guessed those. Yeah. Sure, and most. they still haven't actually. And then they haven't actually confirmed that. And even when you look at what the uh, current status of their their movies are, they don't actually line up technically. Nope. Yeah. Um, right. So you know, was that somebody just trying to make her look bad? Which could have been, and that, that you have to think about that when you when you when you get information. The, the psychology of a tipster is, I find it fascinating, yeah. um, because a lot of people think it's always. If I do a casting story, they think it's always coming from the actor's camp, and and usually it's really not. It's just yeah. coming from someone who's trying to help me out or telling me what they hear. Um, yeah. So I. I do question why some, but why someone puts their like you said you have uh, you know someone who has great access you know why are they sticking their neck out to leak stuff they love right. talking about it I think that's what a big mm-hmm. part of it is they love talking about it and they want everybody to talk about it the same reason why if we were just at a bar I would just come over have you guys heard right you know it's yeah. it's as simple as that have you have you heard this it's amazing no, do, I can't wait to tell you do you think that the studios and filmmakers like that I mean it's you know I don't think Joss Whedon would want of to go two are, years without us talking about Avengers some of my sources are filmmakers Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I have filmmakers who come to me and say, "You will not believe what I just saw this afternoon. You will mm-hmm. not believe the script I just read. You gotta check this out." I mean, mm-hmm. like people like sharing this information. The thing at the end of the day is that it's a business, but it's the entertainment business, and part of that is people buzzing to each other about what they're excited about. Right? Thank you. So I always wonder because we are, and when we get these scoops, or we, it, it for me, it incites a very lively discussion and excitement. It draws for the movie coming up, like Avengers. So if people are talking about it two years out, that should help Whedon's cause. That should help the brand Marvel because people get excited. Oh, my God. Vision's in it. Vision's in it. And then the boards light up. Right. And and that's fun, I think, for the audience. Yeah. I mean, I know for a fact. And this is not even a question. I've talked to Marvel executives. They read everything I write. Yeah. And right. they're like, you know what? We love we read it every day. And I'm like, there's a team of people. It's just like. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and, and I've heard from people, you know, they're like, you know, what did Devin say about this today? And which is like, you know, ego boosting. But at the same time, I think it's just part of the world. Like they want to hear what people are saying. And so yeah. Marvel especially is actually a really good example of somebody who's very savvy about how to work that world they're really good at they it. are mm-hmm. they really are and especially i would say guardians of the galaxy the marketing for that movie was so great there wasn't a lot of scoops going on there um you know because nobody knew what it was right what we were gonna get right so now of course it's gonna be like who's in like every day now it's like it's jason's father or, or do, do you think father. that what you write Devin, affects uh you know marvel at all like do they make decisions based on what you write or what the commenters say mm, good question I think it's a complicated question, and I think that there are people at Marvel who read it and who love it when they hear good things, and then they often ignore it when they hear bad things, mm-hmm. and they go, well, who cares what those guys say anyway? Um, so it's they, they it goes both ways. They're like, you know, oh, they're really excited. This is great. And then when we don't like it, they go, ah, oh, well, that's not the entire audience. Who cares? Right. However, I will just say that, and this is not blowing smoke up my ass or the ass of commenters or anybody, is that if you have a reaction that's honest – and that is strong, they'd be dumb not to take it into some kind of account. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there is a thing where, like, oh, wow, wait, this is actually not... Look, the more people complain about the lack of female-led superheroes, they'd have to be dumb not to listen. Right. And like, yes. I, like I said on the site before, I know in, in the Avengers script that I have seen, uh, Captain Marvel is in the script. She has a cameo in the script. Uh, I'm assuming that's because they're setting her up for a phase three or phase four movie. Why they're being so quiet about it, I don't know. That's the kind of thing I wouldn't normally report. But because the the clamor for a female superhero is so strong, I feel like I have to say, 
she's there. They're right. they're 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 setting up the tea. This is this is being teed up. I'm not sure why they're hiding it from you, but it's being teed up. So you know, have they're a little listening. bit of patience. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because Boris Kitt just uh, did a little blurb about Katie Sackhoff as not Captain right. Captain Marvel. And I, I <laughs> like to think that Schmoes No was the one that really started that because she came on our show. We kind of, you know, grilled her a little bit. Or is it Marvel? Is it this? And she, you know, played coy and all that kind of stuff. I actually know a, a little bit, but I, I can't speak on it. But, you know, to have that story come out, she's not doing it. It was just kind of like okay, but but it's like <laughs> could, couldn't she still be Captain Marvel in a future movie? Absolutely. I mean, it's like you know when Avengers came out or whatever. Uh, we weren't like Josh Brolin is, is Thanos, right? But no, now right. he is. Well, yeah. they're, they're gonna they're gonna cast somebody. The thing about the way, the way that Marvel works is that they do so much work in reshoots that mm-hmm. it's hard to say that there is a cameo from this character in Avengers Two. Have they shot that cameo? Probably not. Will they right. shoot that cameo in the next six months? Maybe not. Will they shoot that cameo literally the week before the movie comes out? Like the Schwama scene? <laughs> like quite possibly. So that's the thing is that, or could they decide between now and the release of the picture, let's change this. Let's not have this cameo. Let's have a different cameo. Right. Yeah. And so, well, that, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. And if you look at the wording, I, I, just to go back to, to, to Kit's scoop, uh, or scoop, just story about uh, Katie Sackhoff not being in it. You know, I look at her words. I have not yet met with Marvel. That does not mean she is never going to meet with Marvel. But that's just a, for me. That's just an actor thing, which is when yeah. people ask an actor, "Would to. you play Spider Man?" Nobody's going to go, "No, fuck you! I'll never play Spider Man." They'll go, "Well, how much money are you going to give me to play Spider Man?" Maybe why not? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Every actor, no actor, unless they are a major league movie star, will get in front of a camera and say, "I will never do that," right? Because they can't afford to say that. Right? They have to leave it open. So Katie Sackhoff is not dumb. So she says, "I had not met with Marvel yet," which does two things. It, it continues the story that she's interested, yep. and it it continues letting the fans know to keep saying things to get Marvel's attention. I, she's being very smart about yeah, it. She absolutely is, and she was doing some teases on uh, Twitter, you know, showing uh, you know right. uh, what w- appeared to be a part of a costume. Now, just because there was a red armband, everybody went, "She's Captain Marvel!" <laughs> this is it's proof. I actually got tweeted. Somebody said, "Are you excited that Katie Sackhoff is is Captain Marvel?" And I just kind of looked at it and went, "What?" Where'd you hear this? <laughs> I, I'm amazed by the things that stars tweet out actually these days, teasing things that haven't happened yet. Or well, Vin Diesel is the king of this. Vin and yeah. Dwayne Johnson lately, and I'm just like, yeah. My it, understanding no is that one... Vin Diesel got the job of Groot from saying he was going to be in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. That was how he got the job. It wasn't. That's what they I were heard. not. They were not after him. He just kept saying he was going to be in a Marvel movie, <laughs> and eventually Marvel's like, I guess we should meet with him. Smart thinking. And uh, they met with him, and then he's Groot, and now it's a big deal. And now he's pushing to be in the Inhumans. Inhumans, and it's exactly. Be the exact same thing. It's yeah, kind of amazing. It's and do you think that that again? We're talking about this culture here. This is so interesting from the acting point of view. So you're saying like, if Vin Diesel now is like they're. No, no Inhumans is, is on the table right now at Marvel. They're worried about Thor 3 or something else. And he starts tweeting. And then the fans start reacting to it. Does Marvel go, huh? Hey, look at that. Look at all the, look at all the retweets. We should probably do an Inhumans. We should probably get Vin Diesel. Do you think that affects anything in the, in the making of the film? Hurt. Mm-hmm. Like I think that everybody – I think it doesn't hurt. I think enthusiasm never hurts. Absolutely um, not. Uh, negativity may also never hurt. It depends on how on – how keyed in they are to getting something done uh, but it's like here's a good example I have sources uh, that tell me that after the initial Star Wars um, casting was revealed mm-hmm. and everybody's like wow there's a lot of guys here yeah. um, that actually they've gender swapped 
a role that they had a role right, the Gwen, uh, that Gwen, uh, Gwen, Gwen uh, and Christie was going was they were going for uh, male actors and they said you know there's actually no reason why we have to go with a male actor for this part and yeah. so they swapped they swapped the role and I heard there was uh, Cumberbatch and uh, uh, Hugo Weaving that was the Hugo. role they were up for yeah that's what I heard and they yeah. just kind of swapped it and they said well, you know what what the hell why not we can find a woman who can do this just as well and that's the beauty of Star Wars is that it's open to it's not really gender locked um, but so the negativity can sometimes also make a difference in that way or negative but the, the, the buzz can make a difference in that way yeah. um, you know and how until 30 years from now when somebody writes the book about it we'll mm-hmm. never know exactly how those decisions went but yeah. you know it, these are things that I've heard and these are things that have happened so I don't yeah. know well it's funny like with just let's take Vin Diesel and Marvel and he tweets out in humans and everybody goes, you know, bonkers and bananas. Oh, he would be great. Black Bolt. And then out of left field, Ben Affleck is cast as Batman. And there's just a huge like cry of outrage. Like he's going to ruin everything. Right. Which I, I never bought. I don't understand. He's he's fantastic. And I can't wait for his Batman. But is there like what's why is DC? I guess they're inevitably going to be scoops, you know, like Aquaman right now uh, with Jason Momoa. No, there hasn't been any confirmation yet. We're all talking that he's Aquaman. Well, I think he said it, right? Hasn't he actually come out and said? I don't think he has. I don't, I don't think he has either. But I, I think it's he's, like he is. At some point, it just becomes yeah, like, yeah. It, like then common it be, knowledge. Yeah, it's common knowledge and and stuff. But I just find it interesting, and and that's another discussion, really, DC versus Marvel. But we don't want to. We get were into. one of the earlier sites to report that Momoa was Aquaman. Um, yeah, and I don't want to say with the first because I know that people have been talking about it. Um, and uh, the response from fans was amazing, which yeah. is that very often the response from fans that I've discovered is when you break a scoop or uh, especially about a plot or a character or something like that, um, they begin to accuse you of uh, doing it on purpose to hurt the thing. <laughs> so like my Star Wars scoop was met on the Force.net with a lot of people like – Devin's just trying to kill Star Wars. And I'm like, well, hey, thank you for thinking I can. <laughs> I really appreciate the idea that you believe I have the ability by publishing an article to kill Star Wars. That's yeah. really awesome. That's um, that's how Harrison Ford broke his leg, right? I did Your it. scoop. Yeah, it my you scoop. broke it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it landed on him like a thud. But okay. the Momoa stuff, it was really interesting. People were like, oh, this is just, you know, people just trying to say things to make DC look bad. And I'm like, you know, I'm, we're just reporting what we heard, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, And they take it real personally. I got a death threat. Oh. A guy threatened to kill me and rape my family uh, because I reported correctly. I was the first to report that Star Wars was moving from May to December. Yeah, and that's he, right. That and was huge. He, uh, and he he emailed me and said, "I'm going to murder you and rape your family because you are screwing with Star Wars." I'm like, I L- like you moved it. Yeah, you I made didn't the move decision. It. Yeah, I, what do you think I do I, for a living, guy? I get the same <laughs> stuff. You know, Miles Teller played Mister Fantastic, and then people jumped down my throat like I'm the casting director yeah. who made that decision. Yeah, you just you heard it, man. That's it. I'm just telling you what I heard, man. That's it. Yeah, we we heard Michael B. Jordan was the Human Torch, and we dropped that, and everybody went, "How how dare you?" Uh, you know, Castle. Uh, that's Johnny Storm. He's not black. And I was like, oh, God. Really? We didn't Are we going to go it. there? Well, also, we didn't do it. Like, like yeah, it's this was happening. And, and it, it, remember that term? I think it's the term. What is it called? Don't kill the messenger. Yeah. Right? Shoot the messenger. Whatever. So, so, cool. In Devin's case, it's not good kill. For the messenger. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like going to CNN and instead of saying why are you covering this plane all the time, saying CNN why'd you make that plane disappear? <laughs> like no, that's not actually not how it works. Like this is not how it works at all. Well, it brings up another facet of this scoop culture that that is interesting to me. When I started with this and we broke some scoops, if you are wrong and, and go back to what you say, it can fall apart at, at the. Right. What? 12th hour, you know, before anything happens. Sure. It's constantly fluid. It's constantly moving. Things break down all the time. Schedules get rearranged and whatever. Then if your scoop doesn't pan out, do you get a lot of hate? 
Do you get people going, ha ha, see? Oh, yeah. You suck. So I ran a thing. This is really fascinating about how fandom works. I ran mm-hmm. a thing where I said, this is where Batman begins in Batman versus Superman. I said he had been active for decades. I love this, He's too. been uh, under the radar. People in Gotham believe in him, but in the rest of the world, he's an urban legend. Yeah. Um, he's never been photographed. There's a tattered Robin costume hanging in the Batcave. Oh. And I said, I think he's probably about 50. And then the fans flipped out, and what they do is they'll focus on one thing. They focus on the idea that Batman's 50, and they right. get really upset about it. And then the producer uh, was doing a Q&A and said, uh-oh. Oh, WME. can't answer it, can't wow, answer Wow, we have uh, something breaking here. <laughs> uh, one of the producers did a Q&A where he said that, well, no, Batman's not 50, he's in his mid-40s. And then people started emailing me saying, you're wrong, see how wrong you are. And I'm like, like literally like like okay so I made a guesstimate of how old he is and I was off by five years right like, <laughs> they're, they're able to tell on screen right, he's yeah. playing 45 as if, yeah, as if there's a scene where he's gonna pull out his birth certificate <laughs> and be like I am literally this old Superman's like Batman excuse me can I see your ID yeah please? I need to know exactly what how old you're you telling are. me for old man come it's on it's like so weird like but so yes people do and especially when it's a scoop they don't like if there's any element of it that's off, uh, then they'll be very quick to go, oh, you're wrong. Uh, you know, El Mayembe is a good friend of mine who scoops like a madman at Latino Review. Yeah. He's got a really good batting average, but yeah. he gets things wrong. And Absolutely. people we all only. Do. People, Mike Fleming does. Boris Kitt does. Yeah, I do. There are people who just attach themselves to the things that he gets wrong. Yeah. And they just ride those. They go, I don't believe anything Latino Review posts because this one thing they got wrong. And I'm right. like, you don't even know how the law of averages works. Like, I, mm-hmm. this, you have no idea. So, but as reporters, I feel like you know those those misses do haunt us. You know, I'm oh, yeah, still haunted by that sure. putting, thing. You're putting your name on it. Like that's the thing. You're putting sure. your name on it. There are things that I get wrong that drive me nuts, and there are things that I've published that are probably will be proven wrong about Batman and Superman, um, just because of the nature of production. Yep. Um, you know that I'm like, man, like, like I hope that's right. I so this week I published a thing. Where Geek Tyrant had talked to an extra, and an extra had said that they were on set where Batman breaks into uh, LexCorp, he steals kryptonite, and he discovers that General Zod's body is I in LexCorp. I recall this. Yeah, we did cover it with a, you know, the, the grain of salt kind of talk. Well, and I've so... talked to people who know the movie, and this lines up with literally everything I had been told. Okay. And what I had been further told is that the body of Zod is then turned into Doomsday, who will fight Superman in the right. movie. And uh, I reported that, and I believe it. I have that from multiple sources. I have a guy who has seen the Doomsday uh, designs. Okay. Uh, I feel very good about it. Uh, do I feel 100% about it? You know, I feel like 85% about it. Like, if it ends up being wrong, it's going to be egg on my face, and I get it. Sure. I feel good enough to go with it, uh, but I'm, 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 I might be wrong. And I will forever always go, oh, the Doomsday thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and that's... I, I just kind of look at it, too. If we're talking scoops and stories and what we're hearing about these films, if you look at Man of Steel, there was an Easter egg that had Doomsday in it. So if you can kind of connect the dots that way with what's out there, legitimately there was a Doomsday Easter egg. This makes sense. Okay, we're going to have Doomsday in the next movie. Cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't know. I, I know a lot of people don't, maybe. They're like, oh, you know, I read a couple tweets that are like, can we save Doomsday for when we get to know Man of Steel more? Mm-hmm. Which... I can kind of argue that point as well, but, you know, now we're getting everything in DC right now, which I kind of want to, like, change gears here and talk about some of the news that's out there that's been breaking. Well, I, I wanted to talk just about Robin Williams, uh, bring it back to him real Absolutely, quickly. Absolutely, let's do it. Devin, did you ever interview Robin Williams? Yeah, I did, yeah. Do you have anything that you can share about that, you know, time with him or anything like that? I mean, it's funny. The, well, the thing that I, there's two things that I thought about when after he died. Um, one was that, I don't know there's ever been an actor whose filmography is full of worse movies who we loved as much. 
And it's weird. Yeah. It really speaks to who this guy is. If you look through his IMDb, you're like, oh, that's awful. Oh, that's real bad. Oh, I hate that one. And But yet still, we love this guy because it wasn't about the movies. We loved him because of who he was. Yeah. And that it transcended just the roles. And um, like I had a friend who was like, you know, I realized I hadn't seen a Robin Williams movie for the last six years, mm-hmm. uh, but I still cried when he died. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and but so for me, the, I interviewed him a couple of times. And that came through in a really big way, which is that Robin Williams in the experiences I had was a guy who could go totally off and go crazy mm-hmm. and be nuts, but then could also be really thoughtful, like on a dime, be really thoughtful, have a really good answer, yep. be really sweet and human, and then all of a sudden explode into nutty voices. Mm-hmm. And yep. interviewing him was a really tricky and interesting thing because what would happen is that you'd be there and you would be dying. You'd be like, this is the greatest interview I've ever had. And then you get home and transcribe, you go, oh my God, this is garbage. Yeah, right? I, I got nothing out of it. unusable. <laughs> but it was an unbelievable experience. And then you'll find like a line, because again, he could get human, he would be human and just say stuff and be like really honest and really true but then he would very quickly d- explode off into another direction um, so interviewing him was a joy uh, transcribing him uh, was a nightmare yeah. that, that, that is what I was hoping you would say I interviewed him for a very small movie House of D that David Duchovny directed Right. and, and you know as a journalist, people always ask me, who's your favorite interview or who's your worst interview and for years I've said Robin Williams is definitely one of the favorites yeah um, as far as an actual interview, he, he could he only answered one or two questions over like a twenty minute period because he goes off on all these tangents and his mind works worked a mile a minute. Um, yeah. So I love the voices and the jokes, and he would have the entire junket and, and room of journalists laughing. But yeah, uh, yeah, like like it does Devin not said. translate to the page. Right. No, it doesn't. But I think it also comments on just who he is as a right. person and why he's so lovable or was so lovable. Even with you guys, you're trying to you're trying to do a job here. And you get garbled nonsense to, to actually put in print. But he made but, it fun. But you're saying it's the best interview you've ever had. Right. That's that's what he is and was. And, and that's so damn sad. I wish I could have interviewed him. I don't know what I would have done. He probably would have been a bing, bing, bing off the every See, he'd single... See, he'd be a great podcast guest. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, 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 his, that's his... Podcast or TV is where you really want to get him. We were Print, wrong. it's... Yeah, no, we had uh, Adam Ray on last night, comedian uh, Adam Ray, who told the story about doing improv uh, and with him, and he got up in front of the audience and he just started doing gibberish, and he took it, the, his, his opportunity and came out and was his translator. And so after that, you know, Robin Williams was like, hey, that was very funny, yeah, that was great, and then was off. You know, and, and it's just like this guy. Oh God, it just yeah, kills me. I just so. wanted to, to to quickly touch on on that. I know we only have five or ten minutes. No, left. I'm glad we did. I mean, how can you not? I mean, this is we were talking a little bit about it before you got here, Devin. It's just news kind of yeah. stopped. Yeah, it's it's all about him. Everybody's talking about it, and but news does go on, and we did have Aquaman. I want to kind of talk about it. We yeah. touched briefly on it, but we have two writers now working on. Two different scripts is that is that right, Devin? Jeff, can you comment on this because you guys know a lot about this. I like your yeah, Devin's take on it. Yeah, I just feel like it's not that crazy uncommon. I feel like especially with IPs, I think that um, Warner Brothers has like probably like fifteen King Arthur scripts (laughs) sitting around. Like seriously, like I think they do because they're trying to get a movie for Guy Ritchie together, and they just have all these people coming in and pitching and doing their scripts. It's not crazy uncommon. Um, It's uncommon to be reported. I know the WGA does not like to have um, writers competing in this way I think they have right. to be no, told but, I think but they, they must have been okay with it right but I, but you know what? it happens I know a guy who was writing a superhero tentpole film and who wrote a bunch of drafts of it and then the studio said you know what we like it but we're gonna go with somebody else and then they had somebody else on deck who had already written a draft 
okay. um, of what, what they wanted. And technically, the WGA probably would shit their pants about that, but it's just that's how it goes. They have these guys working. Um, the Marvel stuff is interesting because you know this is not this is not Marvel. This is DC, but Marvel does a similar thing where they had this they had this in house writers program. Right. They just had scripts just yeah. sitting around, and they yeah. just they commissioned them. They had them. And then what they were going to do with them, who knows? And yeah. then, so, you know, the Aquaman stuff to me is, it's more interesting than it got reported than that it actually happened. Okay. Uh, it, it, it doesn't feel crazy uncommon. I don't know why the WJ would be so upset since it seems to lead to work for more writers. I, I mean, I would be thrilled to be one of the writers on an Aquaman movie. And if they didn't use it, I mean, sure, there might be you know, higher rung, you know, writers that would get really upset that they didn't use their version. Well, I mean, but... I, I get it. It's because you're being, you're wasting your time on a low paying gig because uh, for a writer, your your pay gets triggered by different stages of production. Exactly. So your script never goes anywhere. You're not getting paid all this extra money. Exactly. You're spending a lot of time and effort on something while you could have been actually working on something that would go into production and thus trigger other other paydays and stuff like that. I get it. Like I, you know, and also it's just, it's just ugly to be like, hey, get in that ring. Right. Let's just see. Let's just see which one you want. Do you out think alive. that they'll end up combining? Like, if they like elements in one, but they like the structure and characters in another, and they, I, why, why wouldn't they? And then I mean, yeah, they, isn't they, that the point? Yeah, they they they're gonna own both. And if there's a if there's a if there's a sequence that will be all comes with that they like, they're just gonna pull it out. I'm, and that that just makes sense to me. I mean, did you think this has anything to do with the stigma behind Aquaman? He's kind of been a punchline in in the movie verse. You know, Entourage right. obviously they they did their take on it. And, you know, there's a lot of jokes, a lot of memes out there of, like, Aquaman, like, hey, guys, you know, and there's, like, don't look at him, don't look at him, you know, that kind of stuff. Is this to, like, hedge their bet, have two great script writers and, and see if they can get the best version so that they don't I think have that punchline anymore? I think it's about meeting a date. I think it's just a matter of they yeah. have a date and they just need to get development over, <laughs> done in overdrive so they just don't have the time to go through the process of having a script, not liking the script, bringing another guy in. I think it's just a matter of, like, they're, like, one of those undated movies, possibly 2016, is Aquaman. Yeah. And so they need to get this movie going. So I think, it's, I think it's about speed more than anything else. Yeah, and I think they'll probably have a Green Lantern going. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they have. Do you think it's like Marvel? That they have this like trust going on no. back there, or are they just because that's been a lot of talk? And Jeff, no, but what's you won't your see opinion? any Green Lantern until after uh, Justice League. Okay, yeah. I, I I buy that as well. But I'm just wondering, you know, like are they just shooting from the hip, like a lot of people are thinking they're doing? You know, DC seems to not have the the same kind of uh, Marvel ness. I guess is the I, word. I think that there's certainly a plan in in place. You know, yeah, I think um, now. I think that here's the thing. I think that after Man of Steel, um, if you talk to David Goyer the week after that movie opened and said, what did you think about people getting upset about the destruction? Mm -hmm. David Goyer would have been like, I did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. And so the the direction of Batman versus Superman was very much comes out of the way that people reacted to Man of Steel. That was not the plan. Um, So I think they have a plan now. I think that when they release those DC dates, that indicates they have a plan now. They did not walk into Man of Steel with a plan. They did not even walk necessarily into Batman vs. Superman with a plan. My understanding is maybe you had the same thing. When they announced Batman vs. Superman at Comic-Con, that had just been decided, like, days before. Oh. Like, mm. like, like that was not, like, a thing where they're like, oh, we're going to wait six months. It was like, they were like, what are we doing at Comic-Con this week? Wow. Let's, let's do this. That, that's my understanding. Okay, so. so interesting. It, I hadn't so, heard that. I, I hadn't heard that either, so it sounds kind of like a... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, we're going to throw Batman into the next Superman movie. The internet broke. I know our site crashed. Yeah. 
uh, because of that news. So well, they had to because Man of Steel didn't perform globally the way they wanted it to. They needed right. to throw in the ringer of Batman, yeah, uh, because Man of Steel underperformed on a, on, a, on a global level, and they 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 couldn't reboot the franchise again. Oh God, but no. they also didn't want to just put Superman by himself in another movie because they felt like he showed that people were not as interested in Man of Steel. Um, I mean, Man of Steel did. Uh, numbers on par with like B-list Marvel characters, which is like yeah. un- should not be happening. Yeah, Man of Steel should have been a billion-dollar uh, global movie, and, and it was seven hundred million. Do you feel like that, that, that that's the execution of the movie? That that you know, again, you were saying if you were to go to Goyer after and say this destruction, it just it was crazy, and he was surprised. You think so? That's the, the audience the reaction. I think that they just I think that they just don't have a handle on what the audience wants right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. I think Marvel succeeded with Guardians of the Galaxy, which is full of destruction because the characters are all friends and they like each other. Yeah, and people walk out and they go, "Oh, that was fun. That was nice." Man of Steel, you don't walk out and go. That was nice. Right. I like that boy, that boy Kal-El. You know, and that, that's, what, that's what audiences want right now. And Warner Brothers didn't get that. Yeah. Um, and I think they still don't, by the way, because I've heard that the running thing on Batman versus Superman is no jokes. Like, this is serious. Like, this, right. is, this is dead serious. This is important work. Um, and I think it's, they still don't get it. Um, so I think they're, they're behind the times. You know, yeah. it's, and, and so I think that's the thing. It's not that they made a bad movie. I like Man of Steel. I don't like it as a Superman movie, but I like it as a movie. I like it too. But um, they just didn't, they didn't, te- they didn't get, get the, the, the temperature right. So, so would you say there's a lot riding on Batman versus Superman? I mean, they, they this is oh, like, yeah. this is it's, the shared universe. Yeah, here. that is like the most, un, the most, the biggest understatement. Like they have yeah. like nine movies planned that I know. are all going to spin out of Batman work. This yeah. one has to work. Yeah. It, yeah. That's why they moved it to March. I think. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of it is they're to gaming give it on some, every level. I think yeah. it was a smart move and I, I think it's going to work. I, I think so too. <laughs> How too do you not? I, and I always say this about Batman versus Superman. The analytics do not lie. If I looked at my website, schmozno.com after Comic-Con and I look at the spike from Batman, Superman versus Avengers, it's night and day. People care about Batman, Superman. Why? Because they're on screen for the first time together. And that's just exciting for everybody. The journalists, the fans, the comic book geeks, everything. So that's interesting to me. Now, uh, I want to touch a little bit about on Inhumans and uh, if you guys have heard anything, because that's kind of a kind of goes to the other side of things with Vin Diesel. We talked briefly about it. I'll put it this way. You didn't see any of the trades run that story. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that this Inhumans has been in development since 2011. Uh, I mean, like, it's not, this is an old story. This is a story of a guy, the guy who did this script is, was an in-house writer who just produced it for Marvel. Um, I don't think that this means anything. I don't think that it's actually going anywhere. It might be. I mean, they might be testing. That might have been fed to Collider to test the waters to see what the reaction is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also suspect that the reason why that guy's name is attached to it is because that guy wants to put a... Uh, uh, his marker on that script so that when the WGA arbitration right. of the eventual Inhumans movie comes, he gets to say, well, it was widely reported and that's part of his arbitration letter Just because that's the story that nobody talks about is how that stuff works and like yeah, how movie credits get arbitrated and whether or not somebody who wrote, who has a name on a movie, did they actually write the movie in any identifiable way right. that you at home would say, oh, that was the same thing. Right. Yeah. So that to me is what it feels like. Either it's an arbitration move in advance or it's Marvel testing the waters. Yeah, and I, I I have a source that is kind of hinting at an Adam Warlock movie, which I, I have nothing to base that on. I'm just, and I know he showed up in Guardians of the Galaxy in the cocoon and, you know, that there's, you know, discussions around the water cooler of Captain Marvel. You know, right. it makes sense now hearing that there's a cameo in the script, whether or not that happens, we don't know. I've heard Adam Warlock. I've, ha- I've heard a little bit of things, uh, you know, th- that 
they're going to stop after Cap 3 and Thor 3, and they're going to go on to maybe other characters, which would be interesting, but I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not a big comic guy. No. I don't know the Marvel Cinematic Universe like Devin does. Mm -hmm. uh, these Inhumans, <laughs> like, really? I, 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 I probably said the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> yeah. though. But, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at these characters, and I'm like, eh, for real? For, for a minute, I mean, I feel like the Inhumans is the mutants of the, is, you yeah. know, of the Marvel Universe because they can't say mutants. Right. And I even went so far as to say I think Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are Inhumans. Um, I don't think that's true now based on what I saw from the, the stinger at the end of Captain America. It looks like they're just they've been modified or experimented on. I don't know. But that, that'll yeah, be interesting uh, Baron to see. Baron Von Strucker is using uh, Chitauri technology. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Has, he has Chitauri stuff. Uh, you guys already lost me. I just want to see the runaways. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to see it anytime soon. Oh, I know. Uh, Isn't that, that script, sad? Drew Pierce has a script for that that's really great, but it's pre-MCU, so I think yeah. it's, 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 it's gone. That's been in development um, for so long. I mean, I can drop uh, the tiniest of scoops. Do it. Oh, my God. Marvel Here thing. we the go. Tiny, the tiniest. Okay, though. okay. Talking about how the Marvel stuff works. So Doctor Strange, they had a script in-house forever. Forever and ever and ever. You might have even seen it. Um, Was that the one that El Mambi read? Yeah. Um, it's, okay. it's been around forever. Um, it's a pretty standard origin story for Doctor Strange. It's got Baron Mordo as the bad guy. Uh, that's all gone. Um, Marvel's new thing is no more origin stories. Yeah. Um, so Doctor Strange's movie no longer has an origin. It begins in media rest. It's got Doctor Strange already established as the Sorcerer Supreme. I love that. Uh, and it's a totally new script. John Spates is working totally new uh, on, on on his own without any of the previous stuff. They're, they're not even uh, uh, touching the previous script. Throwing it out. Interesting. So, I mean, it's not a big scoop. It's just a little thing of how they're approaching Doctor Strange, which is this is not going to be 20 minutes I'm, of him as a doctor and then I'm sick it. of the origin stories I'm looking forward to phase 3 or whatever it is yeah I, yeah. I actually really like that they as agree. well and 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 you know that's something this, this scoop will travel the internet like you wouldn't believe I'm well, people, sure that's the stuff people like talking about it's, and again that's the difference between what I do and what Jeff does that Jeff is reporting stuff that's about the industry and the, the dealings I'm reporting the stuff that like if you're just hanging out with a bunch of nerds you'd be like did you hear how they're going to do Doctor Strange and that's yeah there's that's, no origin oh my god that's so cool that's Schmo's. No, that's Schmoville. Schmoville is a a, a, a fandom and a, a passionate community. They want to talk about this kind what of stuff. What are you doing here, Jeff? What are you doing, Schmoville? I don't know how they let me in. Honestly, <laughs> he's, he's bringing some legitimacy. No, he's he's bringing some legitimacy to this because it's interesting. That's what Meet the Movie Press is, guys. And we're going to wrap it up now with the with this little spiel I have going. The fact that we have Jeff Snyder from the Rap and Devin from Badass Digest and me from Schmoesno.com, it's kind of bridging all the worlds, which I love about this show. It's, it's like getting all the different kinds of white males together <laughs> one place all the white males and no females Amy was whatsoever. here last week <laughs> yeah. hey i have some pretty good writers on our site that are female of the female persuasion i would say um <laughs> but that's that's what i love about meet the movie press and you guys in schmoville Devin Faraci, thank you very much for for coming yeah, in. Yeah, thank you for I'm having honored. me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I learned. I actually learned a lot. I mean, it, 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 follow this guy on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle now? Devin CF, D E V I N C F. Okay, because there's some good stuff going on there. Not only is he a fan, he's a, a, obviously a Marvel geek. He knows this stuff. Follow him. Follow V N Snyder for the rap because he's just breaking it down every day thank I mean, you guys yeah you have some good stuff going and guys I'm Riley around you can follow me there and listen very important meet the movie press subscribe on iTunes this is how we keep the, the lights on rate it comment rate it comment share with your friends tell your mom I'm still trying to get your my mom, mom would to love figure me. yeah you're, I Jeff's think, mom loves him yes Jeff's Look mom her. loves her I mean they're sitting here and just enamored with this show I'm sure right yes okay good but yeah guys you know rate subscribe get it out there 
Tell the world about Meet the Movie Press. You guys have just killed it with us. I mean, we just went out of the gates at number five right now, and uh, we keep going higher. So thank you very much. You can also find us on schmoesno.com. You can subscribe there. Uh, go to YouTube. And make sure you check out the entire network. We have Profiles with Alicia Malone and Scott Mance. We have The Jedi Alliance with Maude Garrett and Ken Knapsack. And, of course, we have Guilty Movie Pleasures with Steve Simone and Josh McCuga. So you guys... Go to schmoesno.com. You'll see it all there. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. From producers Christian Harlow, Mark Ellis, and the entire Schmoesno Network crew, we would like to thank you for listening to Meet the Movie Press. Special thanks to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos, the author of Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness in stores now. To watch or listen to other Schmoesno Network episodes, get movie news, or join the conversation, be sure to visit schmoesno.com. I'm the Pit Boss, and this has been a presentation of Schmoesno. No.